everyone. This is Jerry Lee, and I'm so happy to be with you and so happy to have you with uh, us tonight. And we're looking for an exciting evening, lots and lots to talk about, many, many things uh, of a deep nature to cover. <clears throat> I um, thank uh, you, Janet Lee, for your beautiful style of playing uh, on the Baldwin organ. Uh, we are uh, expecting that in the future we're, we're going to have uh, videos, we're going to have uh, other uh, music instruments and uh, even uh, a special kind of uh, spiritual choir that will occasionally come on and sing uh, some very spiritual music. In addition to that, we have, um, are in the process, uh, I think we've already signed up uh, for iPhone and uh, podcast uh, broadcast channels, which will be new channels that we will be adding here very shortly so that we can expand this out. Uh, uh, we, um, we have a lot of confidence in the future of uh, where we're going with these things, and uh, we haven't done any advertising. Uh, it's just uh, word of mouth, but uh, we're getting uh, a lot of people uh, that, uh, you know, are coming on as groups. We're getting a lot of people that are um, coming back and uh, or some of them coming, uh, if they've missed the broadcast, they're, they're playing it back on the uh, recording because every broadcast now that we're doing, you can come right back to the community and uh, you can, uh, you know, you can do uh, uh, recording uh, or, pardon me, replay of it. So uh, I think that's really great. We are very happy, though, to have people come and back us uh, in person uh, so that as we're live on the broadcast that uh, we're not just speaking to a recording. We really appreciate that, and we thank you. And uh, so here we go. Uh, we're picking up. Uh, we're on uh, In Search of Angels, number three. And... Uh, We'll just see where this all goes. I have some extremely pertinent and interesting things to tell you uh, along the line of the Jin Tao um, uh, for later tonight. And we are just excited. We're excited about uh, where this is going to go and how things are going to happen. Uh, we're um, in search of angels. And um, we're in search of angels who are missing in action, uh, people that uh, should be listening to this broadcast tonight and are missing in action, and uh, some of these people don't even know about the broadcast. Some of the people do know about it, and uh, they're, uh, you know, doing something else. Uh, those are angels, you might say, to some extent, depending on the situation, missing in action. And uh, we want to get these angels who are missing in action uh, back into the operation of the Holy Spirit as we're moving uh, to launch out into this Holy Manifest uh, revelation and into the printing of the Manifest books, uh, into all of the other things that go along with it, including uh, quite a few uh, beautifully spiritual songs that have been written which we eventually will get to uh, that and uh, all else that follows along with it. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> there are many uh, voices speaking out there 
uh, in the world of, of uh, exclamation and uh, in the world of uh, contact and uh, propagation. Um, it's like a wind, the different kinds of wind that there are. Uh, in nature, the, uh, the versatility um, is evident. If we are thinking in terms of winds, uh, there's the, the heliotropic winds that uh, work from the east to the west, the turning of the winds uh, with the sun, so to speak, uh, the scatter wind, uh, the uh, catabaltic winds, uh, which blow down an incline. Uh, there are the, um, uh, the an, uh, anti-triptic uh, winds, which are mountain and valley winds, which sort of could remind a person of mood swings. There's local winds. There's monsoon winds and relative winds, trade winds, veering winds, and winds that are sheer, shearing winds. Uh, these are in nature, and we can see that uh, there's another side that that can be put to, because uh, those also uh, uh, appear in the nature of the human being in their forms of uh, life and communication. Um, we know that um, things are often quite different than is supposed, uh, quite different than sometimes is explained, uh, quite different than some theories uh, some supposed concrete revelation. Uh, we know that uh, we have to be very much uh, of a nature to be waiting on the Spirit of the Lord in order to discover uh, what the real truth is. And Jesus was very much into giving parables and uh, examples so that uh, individuals listening to his word could have a better idea of what he was saying. I'm going to ask you people that are listening tonight to please patiently hold on uh, as I go through some of these um, sort of parable type of things that may uh, touch into a few deep uh, subjects, but that you not get discouraged if you don't understand those subjects. Uh, because the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit can bring you into knowledge of all things. And so I want you to hold on because uh, we're sort of going on this traffic lane uh, to show uh, comparative type things and to reveal how the parables do have a really important part uh, in helping a lot of people to understand the deep things of God. Now the manifest, the Holy Manifest says, there are massless particles. Particles that exhibit the signature of mass, but therefore, uh, therefore affecting gravity uh, the same way as if they had mass. Now, let me read that one more time. Uh, the manifest says there are massless particles that exhibit the signature of mass, therefore affecting gravity the same way as if they had mass. And that is a very uh, interesting uh, uh, revelation, 
because it, uh, when those things are all put together with the total revelation, it just absolutely turns a lot of things around that uh, people have thought but had no idea of. Now, um, in every particle, um, there is an uh, also opposite of that particle, a counterparticle um, <clears throat> called an antiparticle. Uh, how how is it then uh, said that there is a slightly less excess of matter um, uh, over antimatter, or vice versa? Um, that just would not make sense if there is a if there is an equal and uh, direct counter proportion, uh, for instance, uh, of um, of uh, protons and antiprotons. How does that affect gravity? Um, <clears throat> can pressure substitute weight? Uh, if so, how would that affect gravity? Now, someone might say, well, what's this got to do with angels? Well, really, it has quite a bit to do with angels, being that angels are involved with the universe, and, and uh, they have this tremendous amount of knowledge. And how that we need to know that there are all these questions out there that people are dealing with, scientists and uh, laymen and um, all kinds of people in many different fields, that they don't have the answer to. And uh, yet many of these things are answered in the Holy Manifest, which we are working on, uh, you know, uh, book at a time to try to get out for the people. Now, um, <coughs> let's look at... Um, Let's look at uh, some other things in this parable. We won't be long in this, but uh, let's, let's if we're just looking at say um, complex numbers, and uh, we look at um, at uh, a and uh, uh, plus and b i, and that is our let's say our positive. And then we, uh, we put that with a conjugate uh, of A minus BI, and that is our negative. So <coughs> when we, <coughs> excuse me, when we put these um, comparatives together, uh, we see that they, cre they, they create a parity of a particle, and there can be found in that example uh, how uh, a wave function will look uh, if the space coordinates are inverted. So that, to me, is extremely interesting because if we uh, we looked at the A plus uh, BI and the A minus BI and that was inverted, how would that affect uh, matter? How would that affect the universe, and uh, we could look at the the nuclear spin being reversed. Uh, we could look uh, and put that together in the same uh, mathematical consequences. The square square root of four is uh, uh, plus two, and also minus two. So either plus two or minus two equals to a, a square root of four. Uh, it is important to see then that there are different approaches 
how that we can we can look at uh, some of these comparatives, and that they all, when they boil down to their finest applications, <clears throat> they have a connection. They have a connection to relevance and truth and to relativity. And um, uh, not necessarily the scientific Einstein relativity, but the sense of things being relative to one another on certain levels, at certain views, at, at uh, certain angles, and at certain perspectives. Um, that brings us to where people are today. Uh, you know, there is both the positive and the negative out there. There are thought fields of positive and negative. And there are people who are thinking um, in the negative mode about everything. Uh, it's very difficult for them to believe uh, for anything possible, either for their life or either for the world. And, um, and there are people that are just on the opposite side of the street. Uh, and there are, believe me, are thousands of, of persons who cast their eyes to the stars in awe, and they, they ponder the wonders of the universe. Their minds are, are stirred in search for answers, but the answers, they just seem to not be there for those people. Those people probe the perspectives and speculate on the speculations, yet their dangling curiosities are not ended. <clears throat> so the mysteries that have perplexed people for ages are still perplexing them, and the end of the rainbow has not been found. So it is, the humans of mankind, it can be said, are drifting down relentless stretches of time. They're lost on the muddy river of life, swept on to their destinies by the racing currents. The Holy Manifest is beckoning, whosoever will have courage, whosoever will quest for the knowledge that, that will give them a new birth of mind, the Holy Manifest is beckoning, beckoning for them to reach into the echoes of the past and survey the lost links of creations, to gaze through wavelengths and thought into the future time and contemplate of wonders not yet even born. There is so much, so much to add, so much to say, but here is what we will say. It is, it is time uh, to dare to seek high adventure. It is time for you listeners to seek to be a part of knowing the Holy Manifest and desire to listen to the word of the Manifester. Because these are many thoughts that are being made available for the people so they can kiss the glow of that light that shines from above. It's exciting. It's exciting. So, we live in interesting times. Circular time in many cases. The cycle of times. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 2, King James Version, to everything, <coughs> to everything there is a time, to every, person, to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up. Pretty important, isn't it, to know just where you're at in that time cycle. It'd be pretty sad if you're out there plucking up something when it hasn't even had the opportunity to avail itself of the fruit. 
pretty sad if you're out there planning to die and you've just barely uh, been born into the truth of life. But there's an interesting scripture in Ecclesiastes 1.9. And it says, The thing that hath been is that which shall be. Now let's get this again. Let, let me read it again. The thing that hath been is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. <clears throat> so, according to that scripture, history repeats itself. Even as the movement of the cosmos repeats itself. It's an interesting time for prophecy. It's an interesting time to understand the, the uh, perpetuity of God's circuits. Um, it's an understand, a wonderful time to understand the inspired word uh, written in circular time frames. It's a wonderful time to um, be seeking for the fulfillment of the word of God. It's a wonderful time for these things. <coughs> circular time brings us to the mystery of the time, the formula uh, for a biblical time working backwards from Revelations to Genesis. I told you, I think it was last week, about how the days are changed to weeks and weeks are changed to years. Years are changed to generations. The sequence of Daniel's 70 weeks sort of goes like this. The 70 years of Jeremiah are 70 years of Sabbath weeks. Now, in search of angels, <coughs> excuse me, folks, in search of angels um, reveals to us that um, that by the revelation of the angel, it was Gabriel that went to uh, Daniel and said, I want to give you knowledge. I want to give you understanding. I, I want to show you the real meaning of this mystery of time, of this mystery of the 70 years. And it was only, it was only by that revelation uh, given by Gabriel the angel that Daniel was able to understand uh, this incredible thing of the, of, the, of the 70 years of the Sabbath weeks. To even know that the 70 years were tied into Sabbath weeks. And that until the land had paid all its Sabbaths, uh, the people were going to remain to be in captivity. And, and uh, on the short scale, ten land Sabbaths, uh, as mentioned in Second uh, Chronicles uh, 36.21, uh, of seven years equals 70 years. But on the long scale, 70 generation Sabbaths, weeks of 70 years generation, equaled almost 5,000 years, like 4,900 years. And you can put this all together, and it it, it just begins to uh, tell a beautiful story. I, I, it's not what I'm uh, speaking on today, so I'm just glossing over it because um, there's just an awful lot there to to uh, get into, and it's a whole teaching all of its own. Uh, but uh, in the process of all that revelation of the Sabbaths and revelation of the times and the years, uh, there was the the times uh, of the covenant of time, the Abrahamic covenant, 
And we're going to talk about some important connections with this to the Melchizedek revelation before long. <clears throat> the covenant between Abraham and God. God guaranteed Abraham for survival and blessing of his offspring. The duration of the covenant is uh, written in Psalms 105, 8 through 10, KJV. Psalms 105, 8 through 10, KJV. Here's how it goes. He hath remembered his covenant forever to a thousand generations. A lot of times we don't understand the word forever. We think that the word forever means it, it, it does not end. But if you really check out the Hebrew Greek on this, you'll find out that forever just means beyond uh, the point at which you can, you can see uh, the actual um, uh, uh, thing being materialized or still be able to see it in a visual sense. It's just beyond what you can handle in the mind to, to think or, or to see. And that's the forever that the Bible tells about. And that's right in the, in the concordance and can easily be looked up and verified. <clears throat> so then it goes on to talking about one generation, 78 to 80 years. This is a life generation. This is not a family generation, but a life generation. The days of our years are three score. A score is 20. So three score is 60. 60 years of 10, that's 70. And if by reason of strength they be four score years, that's 80. So that's in Psalms 90, uh, 10, KJV. <coughs> this uh, covenant is still in effect. I talked about this last week, but it's important. I repeat it again. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made uh, that the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more a promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. That's in Galatians 3, 16 through 18, KJV. So the, the, the final of that is that the seed of Abraham, uh, and the offspring, uh, and of course, this includes more because the family of Abraham uh, included the nations of the world. Um, that, that covenant then was for a thousand generations. One, th one generation is a minimum of 70 years uh, and can be up to eight, eight, 80 years. Psalms 90.10. The covenant, as I said, is still in effect. Galatians 3.16.18. So, one, a thousand times 70 is 70,000 years. Or a thousand times 80 is 80,000 years. God has promised uh, that covenant for that amount of time. That's in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. And that has a lot to do with in search for angels. And then we'll see the connection as I get into it just up the street a little bit. So there is um, approximately 3,000 years have passed since Abraham. Uh, according to Matthew 117, <laughs> and the end of the world isn't coming very soon, even though you think it is. And that's part of the reason I made some of the comparisons that I did uh, <clears throat> uh, to show that uh, there are a lot of things that we think is a certain way, but they just turn out to be different. And that's what I was giving those uh, comparisons and a little dab of math to show people that uh, things can be quite different 
things to not appear the way they really are. We know that the Bible says in uh, Revelations 22, 6, 7, uh, that he sent his angel to show the things which must be de shortly done. Behold, I come quickly. Two thousand years later, uh, sort of reveals to us that Behold, I come quickly is not the same as earth time. But when you really look up the proper translation of that, what it is really supposed to say is, Behold, I will come suddenly. And I will come suddenly and behold, I come quickly uh, are quite a difference. So, <clears throat> time is very different in the spirit world. And um, Peter saw that, Second Peter 3, 8, KJV. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So you, you sort of get the, the idea there as we skip on, roll on, and uh, we keep everything going. Uh, it is a super beautiful and interesting time. <clears throat> now we want to talk about Melchizedek, and we want to see how Melchizedek ties into some incredible, important uh, revelation in our search of angels. Um, Melchizedek uh, in the Bible was called the King of Salem. He was also called the King of Righteousness. Um, he was a, in the lineage of Enoch, but not in the lineage of Abraham. You have to understand that uh, the Bible says that Enoch was translated so that he would not see death. A better and more uh, proper translation would be that he was translated so he would not see uh, the deaths caused by the flood. And uh, that would be a better translation. God took him away, and God took away his progeny, his, his family uh, and, and relatives, so that they would not... Uh, have to see it. Now, um, being on the ark uh, did not mean that you would escape seeing a lot of death. Um, there were windows on the ark, <coughs> and with the uh, flood being of the nature that it was, uh, you know, there could be floating, bloated, bloating, bloated bodies, and all kinds of uh, uh, twisted agonies of vision that uh, the Bible says it was not God's plan for um, Enoch to see any of that. So Enoch was translated. He didn't die. He did not die. He was translated before the flood. And um, he was translated so he would not see the death that the flood was going to bring. Now, there were eight people that were saved by the flood. Noah, his three sons, and the wives. That made eight people. And they were saved by the flood, by the waters of the flood which one of the scriptures compares to the waters as representing like a baptism. And uh, uh, it, it was like a death, a death of, of a world the way that it was. But Enoch and his family, uh, they were not saved by water. They were saved by, by translation in the air. They were taken up in the air, and they were zith away, to another planet, and the Bible tells that and says that, 
And we're going to show that to you. Uh, we've touched on it before, but we're going to give you some more deeper insight to that because it is so interesting. Now, Abraham, when he was in Ur with his uh, family, uh, God spoke to him and said, I want you to get out of here. I want you to go to a land where I will show you. I have something I want to reveal to you. And the Bible tells us in the New Testament that um, uh, Abraham sought to find a city whose foundations were not made of mankind, were not made of earth, were not, were not uh, earthly made. And that, of course, uh, is right in the scripture, and uh, we will uh, get on to those verses here for you before long, Lord willing. <coughs> now, we've got to get this story, and you want to really listen to this. When Abraham was sent to Canaan, he was sent there to find a city, and there was a city. And the city that he was to find was called Salem. And this city was not like any other city that was built on the earth because it was not a human-built city. It was a planetome, a planetome that was modular and uh, was capable of, of uh, modulating in all, into all kinds of different uh, shapes that came down in a huge, huge area on earth and modulated out with stair steps coming up to it, and it was a planetome uh, that became the city of Salem. And uh, it was there that uh, Melche uh, Melchizedek, the Bible says, was the king. He was the king of Salem. Uh, Salem uh, means peace, and later um, the city uh, was called Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Uh, and uh, uh, that became the whole meaning uh, fulfilled with the uh, addition uh, to the word Salem. So it's very important because there then was a connection that was made uh, between the Abrahamic uh, uh, Jeru and the uh, Melchizedek Salem. Jerusalem, and uh, so there, there is, there is an, an alignment there, but there is a difference, and we want to emphasize that difference because it is so important in this message about uh, the angels and the application of those angels and all that it means and, and why uh, angels uh, are so involved in their subjects uh, that are being talked about uh, on, on earth. I mean, when when you read the Bible, there's just one incident about um, ab about uh, angels after another uh, throughout the whole Bible. It is a major, major subject. So this group of people who knew the true Creator, the true Creator God, they lived in Salem under the king priest Melchizedek, and and. Uh, you know, that's in the Bible. You might uh, check it out. Uh, turn to Genesis 14, 18 and uh, read carefully. Read carefully for yourself to see how unusual that this person was who Paul says uh, and made the connection that, that uh, he was not, uh, you know, connected to, um, to, to, to the, uh, the regular uh, kind of uh, 
of Abrahamic uh, uh, line of descent, that he he was totally of a of a different line of the, of descent. And we know that even in some of the uh, the very ancient uh, uh, tablets that have been found, uh, they have found notes uh, that 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 mention some of these ancient settings like Jerusalem and different ancient settings uh, mentioned in the Bible. And so there there are some very, very old uh, things, uh, not as old as they do date back to, but uh, going back to, to see uh, uh, 2300 B.C. So those those are, are very interesting things, and I think that uh, they, they belong to uh, our peace to know them. They belong to... Um, our uh, revelation to understand them, uh, they're just very, very uh, beautiful. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that there are many different names that uh, the uh, Jerusalem had. And one of the names that Jerusalem had, which was described uh, in, in uh, Isaiah, uh, uh, I think it was Isaiah 14, 13, no, that's not right, uh, Isaiah 22, uh, 1 through 2 is called the Valley of Vision. And the actual Valley of Vision, it clearly says right in there, is a reference to Jerusalem. So why was Jerusalem called the Valley of Vision? Because it originally was the location <coughs> of this planetome uh, that had modulated into place on this huge uh, piece of, of land. And, and, and this, this city of God... Uh, that uh, Abraham was to find, and Abraham did meet with uh, Melchizedek, and the Bible says that he paid tithes to Melchizedek, and he recognized him as being involved with the Most High God. And uh, Melchizedek, it says in Hebrew, uh, in, in, the, in the book of Hebrews, uh, that it was he who Jesus Christ was after the order of. And we're going to get into more explanation of that because uh, there is so much to be said and so much to be read uh, in in that uh, tremendous uh, uh, you know revelation because it even ties into uh, Isaiah 22:22, which is uh, all involved around Isaiah 22 1 through 2 uh, 1 through 2 in which we talked about the Valley of Vision it's also involved around the revelation of uh, the key of David, so those these things link together. Uh, they they have an important revelation, and they are connecting to really really ancient revelations, ancient stories. Uh, like in Isaiah twenty four twenty three, it talks about uh, the, the, he that he God reigns before his ancients, uh, which. Uh, Many of the Bibles <coughs> in their in their refer, reference notes will uh, say that those ancient ones are are ancient angels, uh, and that's that's fine. That's that's all interesting, uh, but we'll uh, we'll just be able to put all this together uh, as we uh, dig deeper into this overflowing stream of uh, of revelation. Uh, it is just uh, exciting. And uh, it it uh, it just makes us want to move uh, forward. Uh, and and I'm going to read to you right now 
from uh, the seventh chapter of um, of Hebrew. So, uh, if you want to turn with me to Hebrews chapter seven, let's uh, sort of put some of this together on Melchizedek uh, while we're still on that subject. Um, chapter seven, verse one: For the this Melchizedek, king of Salem priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, uh, first being by interpretation the king of righteousness, that's referring to Melchizedek, uh, and after that the king of Salem, which is the king of peace. So this king of peace, king of Salem, uh, is, verse 3, without mother, without uh, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth the priest continuously. Now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriot uh, Abraham gave the tenth of his spoils. Um, and the thing that we need to understand is that uh, this, by the, according to this revelation, uh, this this uh, man Melchizedek was not was not a person that was that was born on earth. Um, <coughs> he had he had no uh, uh, beginning of days or end of life that was attached to the earthly realm, and uh, and he was not involved with any of the of the uh, descent of, of, uh, of Noah and Abraham. And so that made him different than all the rest of the people on the earth. This man was from outer space. He had, he had his, his parents, uh, his relatives, Enoch being an, uh, an offspring of, of, of Enoch, uh, they had lived here on earth, and they're humans. Melchizedek was human, but he was transferred uh, in the loins of Abraham, or pardon me, of Enoch, through uh, deferred progeny. And uh, uh, so, in that sense, he was not born on earth. He had no life or death plan for being on earth. And uh, when he came here, he came uh, in a planetome. The planetome landed and became the city of Salem, the city of peace. And uh, and that made where it landed a sacred place, and becoming a sacred place, that became the place of where Jerusalem was to be built uh, in its uh, parallel uh, uh, concept and understanding of that spiritual event, of that spiritual foundation, that spiritual uh, city that was you know not made by human hands, not made of earth. Now. Uh, in, in the continuing uh, of chapter 7, <clears throat> it talks about uh, uh, verse 11, if, if, if therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek, and not after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed is made a necessity, change also of the law. For he uh, uh, of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. Uh, now we know, as he starts to say, that yes, uh, you know, uh, 
the Lord sprang out of Judah instead of out of Levi. Uh, and uh, there's, there's no reference there to anything that concerns the priesthood. But what is really very evident, far more evident, verse 15, uh, is that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who was not uh, who was not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifies, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And um, we certainly understand this when we really understand the whole truth, why that Jesus is, is a part of the Melchizedek nation and not a part of the kingdom on earth. I know a lot of people think that, that he is, but that's just because they don't really know the Bible. That's because they don't understand that when the, when he was before his uh, accusers, and uh, and and people were saying, you know, why don't you call on the angels? Because one time he said, if he wanted to, he could call on twelve legions of angels. Twelve legions of angels <laughs> would be thousands of angels, and he said he could do it. But he said, <clears throat> he said, if my kingdom. Now listen to this. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. But my kingdom is not of this world. Now you find that, you look that up, because that will help you remember it. That's what Jesus said. He said, my kingdom is not of this earth. My kingdom is not of this earth. If it were, if it, if it were of this earth, my, my uh, disciples and, and my angels would fight. But, uh, but uh, uh, and you, you can find that, uh, and I'll help you out, in John 18.36. <coughs> John 18.36. <coughs> okay. If I can get un unchoked here. I really don't have a cold. Uh, it's just, um, I guess, a little allergy. Okay, so um, it is evident... The Bible says in 7:14 uh, and in 15, and and uh, that uh, the similitude of Melchizedek. There arises another another priest, but it's also very important that we understand in verse 13 that there that this revelation pertains to another another tribe, and so if you turn to and I. Um, make a note because I'm not going to leave this chapter here right now. But if you, but if you get time and you turn to John 10:16, in John 10:16, Jesus says, uh, "I have sheep uh, who are not of this fold." Now, when we think of the fold, it's talking about we're thinking about the Abrahamic fold, and which includes people you know from all over the world. That those are the sheep of that fold. Uh, those are a part of uh, the whole revelation of the tribehood because the idea is that the people who are not Jews by the by nature or by the flesh are brought in to become Jews Jews by the Spirit, and that's just you know all throughout the New Testament and very evident. Uh, but now this this uh, tribe that is of a different tribe. Uh, is the same as this this uh, sheepfold uh, uh, that is of a different fold than all the rest of the sheepfolds that belong uh, to the revelation here on earth. 
And it's very, very clear in in the Bible here. Um, and and we just really, really need to uh, come into the understanding of this revelation because uh, it, it is just absolutely beautiful and uh, it it's important that uh, the people get this in their mind and that they understand. Okay. <clears throat> let's look at uh, Hebrews 11. And let's read just a little, a little bit more. And this is the verification of the scripture I said I would give you about Abraham. Uh, verse 8, chapter 11, Hebrews, verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after received for an inheritance obeyed and went out not knowing where he went. Verse 10. For he looked, he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So he was looking for a very special city, and ladies and gentlemen, he found it. And then it talks about, uh, as it goes on here, about the different people that lived and died during the times uh, that occurred then and even after. And in verse 13 it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises. This included the list that, that, he, that uh, um, Paul had given. Um, uh, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, do you have that? Can you get that down? Can you believe that? Can you believe the Bible? Can you believe that there are people that are strangers? Can you believe that there are people that are pilgrims that live here on the earth? But they actually belong to a different tribe. They actually belong to a different sheepfold. That they actually belong to the Father's house. Mentioned in, in John chapter 14. Where Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, what are you talking about, Jesus? We, we don't know where you're going and we don't know the way. Well, Jesus knew that they did. <clears throat> that whole revelation was in the angel of their presence, which is their, which was their spirit, and and their spirit knew, uh, but had not been able to break through to them. And I'm going to read your verse really neat on that in a second. <clears throat> okay, um, <clears throat> let's read a little bit more though here in chapter eleven of Hebrews. And they confessed that they were strangers, this is verse 13 at the end of it, and pilgrims on the earth for, which is a very important word because that is a, a word that has been uh, connected uh, to the prior verse and uh, it is connected in the sense that it is descriptive. Here is why. This is a causation uh, type of explanation. Um, for they that say such things declare, declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful, <coughs> if they could have remembered it means that country from whence they came out, they might have had an opportunity to, turn to, to return to it. Uh, I think that that is saying something about Enoch. I think that that is saying that Enoch had a memory splash that happened to him. The angel of his presence 
began to remember who he really was, that, that he had lived before as an Ophanim, that he had lived before uh, in, uh, in another country, in, in, in another, on another planet. And he began to remember this. And it says that if these people, other people that, you know, were just sort of in a suspended state, would have been able to remember, then very possible they could have not had to stay and go through all that uh, that they had to go through uh, because, you know, they just didn't remember. And, uh, and But Jesus, being very much of faith uh, for, his, for his disciples, says, where I go you know and the way you know. He realized how important that it was for them to remember who they were, to remember how they got where they were and how they are going to get out of where they are. And people that say those kind of things about being a pilgrim and a stranger on earth, they don't say that just accidentally. Jesus didn't just accidentally say, this is not my kingdom. If it were my kingdom, we would fight for it. But he said, it's not. It's not just an accident that that was said. There's a incredibly important revelation behind that. For it says, For they that say such things declare plainly. Declare plainly. Come on, what's the, what, what, what is the problem with the religious world that say they believe this Bible? That they can't see that it clearly, plainly says that those people are seeking a country. Wow. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's just let's just keep on here because this this is, is so beautiful and maybe we should uh, maybe we should just read it again uh, for the connection in John uh, and and believe me there's so much we're going to talk about so you do you do want to hang in here because um, chapter 14 verse one let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me. My father, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will, co I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, there you may be also. We're going to be received, Jesus says, unto him, that where he is we can also be. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And that's when Jesus says, Lord, we know not where thou goest. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is, those things are just all so important. Just all so important. Uh, we just totally need to get into this word because uh, this, this word um, is, is just a beautiful thing. And let me just read this one on chapter 10, St. John. And because it, it, it is quite beautiful. Verse 16. Um, well, for, for in verse 15, he talks about laying down his life for the sheep. And then he says, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. That is just so beautiful. So absolutely beautiful. So now we begin to see, as this comes together on this revelation of the Melchizedek nation, uh, the Father's house, uh, the importance 
of, of this revelation because we are not under the, uh, the covenant of sin and death. We are under uh, a, a covenant that was not based on standing in and out of the old world and, and the, the death order, but was based on not seeing that death escaping from that death, being lifted out from the, the uh, uh, environment, being lifted out from the, the, uh, the, the earth and from the planet and taken to a place uh, beyond all of that death. And uh, that, to me, is a beautiful thing. And when we get into this valley of vision, which uh, if you read in Isaiah 22, 1 through 2, uh, and Psalms... Uh, 125.2, you can see this revelation uh, of this valley of vision referring to Jerusalem because of this planetome that was uh, that was a modular that was that landed there and, and broke down into the foundations of this uh, holy city and called the city of Salem, where uh, Melchizedek was both king and priest of that city. And uh, uh, there's many, many things uh, that, uh, that, that Melchizedek did. Uh, and I, I'm sure that we can say it the same way it was said about Jesus. If all the things that were written, that should be written, not even the world would be able to, to tell it. And uh, up, up the road, at a future time, there will be many revelations on that very subject. And it will be exciting. But this valley of vision is this... this channel of vision, this, this, this revelation of a deep holy uh, uh, similitude and magnitude uh, that uh, was given there as a holy, holy spot uh, in a holy place, and the reason why there is such an importance uh, to that spot. Uh, even the Muslims that, that have, have their mosque, uh, what makes it important isn't the building. The reason they claim it is important is they claim that, that at the spot on Moriah there, the hill of Moriah, uh, where they put the mosque, is the spot uh, that their leader, Muhammad, ascended up into heaven. And so they even understood that the importance of the, of, of the land and the territory and the dedication didn't have to do with the building. Uh, as much as it did of, of what they consider their holy person that ascended uh, up to heaven at that spot. And so there is a parallel there uh, to the Melchizedek revelation and the ascent of Melchizedek uh, and, and uh, the importance of that holy city having been built on that spot uh, on the hill of Moriah. So it, it, is, it is just absolutely... Uh, very, very uh, beautiful and uh, and super exciting. Okay, we're going to go on here. Uh, I want to look at some other things. Uh, we know that that the Bible tells us in um, the New Testament, uh, in the book of Revelations, that there was war in heaven. And that's Revelations 12, 17. Um, but that is not the end uh, of, uh, of, of, of Lucifer, Satan, having plans uh, for war. Uh, the scripture gives uh, ample 
uh, uh, revelation to the fact that uh, that there is another war planned uh, by uh, uh, Satan, and this other war that is planned uh, uh, is is planned from uh, uh, the fact that uh, that uh, this uh, second war uh, is is to uh, also happen in heaven. So um, we're going to look at all of that, and uh, we're going to find it to be very exciting. Wow. Okay. Now, uh, we're going to approach this in a, a, a very interesting light, but more along the line now of sort of investigating uh, things about uh, angels as it ties into all of this. Um, we know there are some examples uh, that have happened uh, over uh, the history of the Bible. And we know that, like, for instance, um, in Isaiah uh, uh, 37, 36, it talks about an angel of the Lord uh, smote 185,000 persons and killed them. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct that scripture I gave you. Let's look at uh, 2 Kings 19.35 for that. 2 Kings 19.35, that the angel of the Lord. So people look at that and say, wow, you mean that, that God sent out this angel of the Lord, and this angel of the Lord killed 185,000 uh, uh, persons, uh, even though they were an, uh, an enemy uh, army to, uh, to, to Israel? Uh, nevertheless, they were still humans. They still had souls. And uh, God used an, an angel to kill them. Um, we want to look at that because, uh, as I said, a lot of things appear uh, to be one way when, in fact, they are quite different. Uh, the same thing that uh, makes the square root, uh, you know, uh, by, by uh, using... Uh, uh, two uh, uh, times uh, uh, the, the 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 plus figure uh, also can be made a square root by using two times the minus figure, and uh, uh, we we went over that earlier, and this this goes to show that uh, sometimes something that mathematically adds up and looks like it's correct and would even seem to be uh, have logistical uh, references to sort of prove that it's right, but that it is dealing on in a different magnitude, and therefore, even though logistically it has a sound answer, uh, spiritually it is not the proper reference because it doesn't unfold the, the, the total truth. It's only a partial truth that it unfolds. Now, we're going to give you an example of that, and I'm going to read it to you, because it is uh, uh, very, very interesting. Let's look at 1 Chronicles 21. So turn with me to 1 Chronicles 21, and you will uh, easily begin to see what I am talking about when I read this to you. 1 Chronicles 21. Now, uh, David has this thing on him. And he wants to number the people to see how many potential soldiers he has 
for fighting the wars that are coming up. And even though his uh, head man, who was over the armies, Joab, and many of the rulers of the people said, let's not do that. You know, we don't believe that will please God. Uh, but but uh, David wanted to do it. And so it says in uh, chapter 21, uh, verse 1, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Let me read that again. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. First Chronicles 21, verse 1. Now, turn with me to the book of Samuel, 24-1. Turn to me to Samuel 24-1. That's, you know, goes back before Kings. And uh, we're going to look at 1 Samuel, not 2 Samuel. 1 Samuel, if you would, please. 24-1. And this is very, very, very interesting. You really want to get this because this is this is explains in search of angels some pretty important revelation here. So chapter twenty four, first Samuel, verse one. And it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines, uh, that it was told him, Behold, David is in the wilderness. No, this is not the right scripture, so what have I done? Looks like I have written down the wrong scripture. Uh, maybe it should have been second. Uh, second Samuel. Second Samuel, yes. Yeah. I think that's what I did wrong. And we'll find it, though. Second Samuel 24. If it goes to 24, yeah. Okay, yeah, here it is. Second Samuel 24, 1. Pardon me for that. Just left out uh, one of my little uh, strike marks. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, Go and number Israel and Judah. Now, this is the same event, and there isn't any scholar that would uh, say it's a different event uh, that I have ever heard of on the planet. Uh, and if you just read it, it's chronologically the event, the same event. In the one scripture here, it says it was the Lord. In the other scripture, it says it was Satan. What people don't understand is that it was the Lord and it was Satan because the Lord is also the name of the title for Satan. It was the Lord Satan. Because Satan, of course, was originally... Uh, uh, Lucifer, and Lucifer was an archangel, uh, a, a co-archangel, and uh, he is a prince. And uh, the prince, of course, is where you also get the word principality. He is a prince. A principality is, a, is, a, is an entity with a tremendous amount of, of power. So when it reads here, the anger of the Lord was kindled, and cause this to happen. It just needs to be properly MIV'd, uh, properly scriptured, to say 
the Lord Satan did it, and then that way the scripture is in total compliance and, and it's total totally goes together. But in the in the doing of that, it, it, it reveals something very important. That when they translated the word angel uh, from the word messenger, and the messenger, you know, is messenger can be a good messenger or it could be a bad messenger. A, a spiritual messenger or an evil messenger. And uh, when they when they just leave it in that term angel, the first thing most people think of is an angel being good, but <clears throat> that is uh, not necessarily uh, you know the fact by by a long shot. Um, <clears throat> the um, the Bible talks uh, in 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 the scriptures about uh, God sending evil angels among them. Uh, that that's just Bible. I mean that that is is a revelation uh, of the Bible, and so we we want to look at that and we want to understand uh, exactly uh, you know what that that is is saying what that is talking about. Uh, now, as we as we get into this and we start uh, really following this word, you're going to have some wonderful revelation here. You're going to be feeling pretty excited because um, uh, here's here's what what we've got going that is very very interesting, and that is uh, you've got uh, misuse of names. It's just like the first name, uh, you know, in the beginning, God. Uh, the word is actually Elohim. Uh, there's all kinds of of uh, pronunciation and, and uh, gram, uh, grammar schemes uh, that they use to try to say, uh, you know, that according to the verb it has to be uh, a singular, uh, but uh, that is just not the case, and uh, that, that that has a point of allocation, but it's, it's not a definite 100% uh, rule by any means. And so uh, it would be far more uh, proper to say manifold God, and then manifold God uh, would include uh, the gods that Jesus spoke of in chapter 10 of, of John, uh, and uh, spoke of that ye are gods, and that Psalms spoke of, of the revelation of the gods. Uh, the Elohim meaning, uh, and you can track this down, that God uh, is also... Uh, synonymous in many cases with the word angel, so that so that uh, when it says you are gods, that's just another way of saying you are angels. And, uh, and of course, you that have been listening to this and have been reading the the blogs know about the revelation of the Ophanim angels. And uh, we'll get into a little more of that in uh, if we can in a little bit. But uh, so here we have we have this revelation where. Uh, you know, there's this 185,000 people that have been killed by this angel of the Lord, uh, which, uh, which is properly revealed. Uh, it could, it, 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 you know, angel of the Lord could be angel of the Lord Satan, just as easy. And and in fact, uh, uh, I would say that 100% that is the case, because uh, God doesn't go around. Uh, 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 you know, he, he's love. God is love, and he uh, he has been uh, given uh, credit for um, uh, anger and for hate 
and for killing and for murder uh, by people who were who were representing God uh, that did not properly represent God. And uh, I feel that one of the things that God has put on me uh, is uh, to uh, work on the revelation of of bringing all of this mystery out uh, in the in the Bible. And that's why the Peace Bible is such an important book uh, to get out to the world, because uh, the way that it is read and the way that it has been interpreted, uh, you know, they've they've made God uh, a sensitive person that that uh, uh, just gets angry and thinks nothing of reaching down and wiping out uh, uh, hundreds and thousands of people. And it's because they do not know the Word of God. They do not know uh, the revelation about God is represented. They do not know that that there is is still a war uh, that is going on, uh, a second war uh, in the heavens that is uh, that is going on, and uh, that that this is just an absolute fact. And we're going to talk more about it. Uh, but I, I want you I want you to get onto some other things here with me in just a moment. Um, we know that uh, the Bible talks about, uh, uh, you know, the revelation of, uh, of there being um, uh, locusts. In, in, in the book of uh, Revelation, it talks about uh, the, the locust that is going to come out up out of the dark pit. That's uh, Revelations uh, chapter 9, verse 3 uh, uh, through 7. It talks about these locusts. And then uh, if, if you read it, they're a pretty awful-looking uh, creature. But uh, they're obviously uh, controlled uh, by Satan and under his power and authority. And uh, there are just unlimited numbers, so to speak, of these locusts. Well... Uh, this locust uh, revelation is so very, very important because if we uh, have the time, and I don't have the time just tonight to get totally into it, but I can show you uh, <clears throat> all kinds of places where where it has been allowed by God, been allowed by God uh, for the uh, the uh, the forces of of, of Satan uh, to to uh, uh, come and uh, as armies and um, go out and, and and fight other armies uh, on the earth. Uh, this is a real thing, and people do not understand that uh, these uh, forces and principalities are limited. Uh, they cannot just go anywhere they want, whenever they want, because there are uh, there is a, a, a madamus of, of uh, manifest law uh, that they cannot cross over. It's, it's a great gulf that they cannot cross over. And so unless they are given special permission, they uh, cannot cross that gulf of, of rules. Uh, but uh, until that uh, time comes, uh, uh, they have to follow it. Now, the day will come when... Uh, that will be dismantled. And uh, these uh, locust people that we call the mantis people, 
uh, many of them being clone type of of, uh, of entities, will be able to come out of this this pit and this limitation uh, place, and they will be able to you know to bring their forces to attack uh, the world, and there's going to be you know incredible great wars. Uh, don't think this is happening tomorrow. Don't think this is happening next year or the year years uh, in the near future right after we're, we're talking way 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 up the road but they are but they are there and there are things even now that are happening that in the ultimacy of time uh, are all being set up and leading uh, to these incredible wars and the Bible talks in Revelation 19:14 about uh, the war being you know involved also in heaven and this is not the first war in heaven, mentioned in Revelations 12:17, uh, this is mentioned later uh, in Revelations, and um, uh, but this uh, armies in heaven are mentioned uh, in uh, Revelations 19:14, and is just extremely uh, very, 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 very interesting. So uh, we see as we begin to to look in, into that. Uh, that there are uh, there there are these uh, revelations that that we just absolutely need to understand. Uh, we need to understand Joel 2:25, where it talks about the locust, the canker worm, and the palmer worm. Uh, we need to understand that God that God called that an army. Uh, that that was an army, and we're gonna we're gonna read that in uh, in just uh, a, a little bit. But um, until we understand the connection of the locusts or the uh, uh, mantis entities that the Bible is talking about, we cannot really understand how that this uh, whole war thing uh, that, that took place uh, and led to a defeat of, uh, of Lucifer uh, is starting all over again. And uh, how that... Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's another war that uh, is is going on, and uh, that is going to uh, uh, begin again uh, of the forces of God against uh, against the uh, the forces uh, of darkness. So, uh, uh, after a bit, I'll try to find the the scripture in Revelations that is uses the term war, and. Uh, it shows that uh, this second war is, uh, you know, going to happen. And we will find it uh, extremely applicable and interesting. Okay. Uh, now, let's, uh, let's, let's just put this, this together. And let's, well, I first want to read Revelations 9 uh, so that you can you can hear this description. Most of you would know it. You're many of you Bible readers. And it says in Revelations 9, uh, and we, we will look at uh, verse 3, And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and of them was given power as the scorpions. And it was commanded that they should not hurt the grass or the earth, and, and they couldn't hurt anyone whose, uh, man, uh, whose forehead had been sealed. Uh, there's a... Uh, uh, Many, many uh, revelations along that line. Uh, just take a moment and and read it, and uh, and you will see uh, that uh, what I'm referring to. Uh, okay, uh, 
We're going to read here where it talks about the ninth verse, and they had breastplates, uh, as it were breastplates of iron. The sound of their wings was the sound of chariots and many horses running to battle. And this thing with the horses, you know, it reminds you of the um, Elijah when he went up, and, and, and they used the term horses in connection with this uh, spacecraft. Uh, because, uh, you know, that's just a, a more ancient type of, of, uh, of name that uh, is, is mentioned. So uh, uh, we hope that uh, everyone is hearing us okay. Uh, someone has said that we should turn things up a little teeny bit, so I'm going to turn this up a little bit to make sure you're able to hear me. And I hope that is better. I hope you can hear that a little better and uh, that uh, we can... Uh, take it from there. So now we've got this uh, this this war uh, that we're talking about, and uh, we've got uh, this revelation that there are going to be these uh, these entities called mantis or locusts, uh, and uh, you know uh, we know in Revelation thirteen uh, seven it says that uh, the hymn uh, was given to make war with the saints to overcome them. Uh, 17, Revelation 17, 14 talks about uh, making war with the Lamb. Uh, there's going to be war, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as I read to you, Revelation 19, 11 speaks about uh, the armies and the war that, that the, uh, from the uh, uh, saints of the, riding the white horses were going to be involved against the forces of darkness. Uh, but the scripture that I'm referring to uh, on this is Revelations 12:17, and let me read 12:17 uh, because it is very, uh, very powerful. And it says, "And they heard a voice from heaven saying unto them, uh, uh, no, that's not it, uh, uh, saying, We give thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art, which art to come, because thou hast uh, uh, taken the great power." Uh, and in uh, verse 12. 17 correlating with that and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ so now we see that the dragon is involved again in this in this war and uh, and uh, it's you know the, the 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 seed of the woman now the seed of the woman i know a lot of there are people out there that believe that that is just talking about uh, you know, uh, Mary, the, the Jewish people, uh, but uh, that, uh, you know, has its semulence and its parallel and its uh, uh, 30, 60 fold application. But the full application is that the woman in the 12th chapter of, um, of Revelations uh, represents, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the woman that uh, appeared in heaven. And uh, so this revelation of the woman in heaven uh, is ex totally has to be understood as being uh, the, the one-third of the stars of heaven that were cast to earth because that's what it says it was. It says, And behold, the great red, red, red dragon, this is verse thir 3 of, of chapter 12, uh, with his seven heads, ten horns, his tail drew one-third of the stars of heaven, and stars and angels uh, can be, and in this case are, synonymous. 
uh, and did cast him to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman. So the woman ended up on earth, and the dragon standing before her. And these were plural, the stars, the one-third of the stars. This was a, a, a whole uh, total of, of the uh, angels. And, and there were three, three groups of, of angels. Uh, there was, um, you know, the, the seraphims, and there was the cherubims, and there was the ophanim. And so the ophanim were one-third of those three groups of angels. Seraphim, cherubim, ophanim. The ophanim being one-third uh, represented this woman that was cast to earth, and, uh, and they were put into incarcerated. Uh, the word is tartaru, uh, mis- uh, translated to hell, but uh, we can't say that there isn't a certain aspect of this uh, uh, meaning that we are sort of in a state of, of living hell, being in these tunnels of agony uh, uh, and bound in the cordings of the molecular bindings of our bodies that are uh, uh, densities of, of uh, but, uh, material uh, uh, mass. But anyway, uh, uh, the revelation is is that uh, this one third represents, you know, that that uh, that, that that woman, and uh, so uh, uh, this this war in 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 heaven uh, uh, is on again. It is mentioned the first one in uh, uh, seven, and as a result of that, Lucifer was cast out and. And he was cast down to earth, and the ophanims were cast down to earth. But after the, the, the serpent was cast out, verse 15, after the woman was cast out down to earth, the ophanim, then the dragon decided, because he was very angry with how everything was going, to get his forces together and to make another war. And it's all the part of that whole plan is the making of the uh, the locust people, the making of these people who do not have souls, <coughs> the making of these uh, uh, of these soulless mantis people, which are uh, connected to this whole revelation. Now, <coughs> when it talks about uh, you know the locust, the canker worm, and the uh, palmer worm, uh, if you look at the American uh, 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 translation Bible. Uh, it, it it says that uh, the canker worm and the palmer worm are just a different stage uh, in the meaning of of uh, locusts. That these are all referring to locusts, but in different stages. And uh, I I wish I did have more time tonight to go into this in a more detailed way, uh, that these, that these uh, locusts uh, represent, uh, you know, the kind of demons that are possessors, uh, represent the kind of de- demons that uh, are meant to, uh, to agitate, uh, that, that uh, could be described in the, the wormwood of, of the things that they do, uh, how they and the trees be in the people uh, that they are out to uh, to riddle and and uh, and uh, 
uh, eat the foliage of, and, and which the Bible says, you know, I can restore to you the years you've lost with, uh, with these forces of, of, of darkness, with these locusts that uh, belong to the kingdom of uh, Satan, belong to the kingdom of darkness. I can restore that. Uh, you know, and, and that, that is a great revelation and a great miracle of what it is saying that can be made available there. So there is an incredible story. I can't even begin to hardly touch it tonight. Uh, but uh, the, the uh, New American Standard Bible uh, describes, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the different aspects of these, uh, you know, like the, the gnawing locusts the swarming locusts, the stripping locusts, and uh, uh, those kind of, of uh, descriptions uh, uh, also are then in the Bible shown as uh, canker worm and palmer worm, worm and locusts, but they all really are referring to the different stages of, of these, uh, uh, in, a, in a spiritual revelation sense, of these locusts, which are these people that are going to have this power uh, uh, under the dragon uh, to go out and, and uh, be very, very destructive. And, and we have to understand that there are, uh, there are uh, uh, zats, which are the, the negative form of the zits. Uh, there, there will be uh, space vehicles that they drive, that they command. Uh, they are, are involved in such things even right now, but they have this gulf of separation. There's, there's only time that they can go out and do these things. Uh, they are called the army of the Lord. That you can find that in Joel 2.25. They're the army of the Lord. And uh, I, I think that uh, we just have to understand that, that uh, God can give allowance. God can allow when people will not listen to receive his blessings, when they will, people will not receive his counsel, he steps back. And when he steps back, that allows the forces uh, uh, to, to go out and to begin to operate uh, in these uh, damnable ways that, that they do. So uh, I find those uh, revelations to be very interesting. And that is just touching the bud of it. That is just uh, glossing over it in a very simplistic way uh, because it, uh, you know, it, it is uh, uh, such a huge revelation. Uh, it, 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 but read, read Joel 2.25, read uh, Joel 1.4. Uh, just look into this a little bit. Look into those scriptures I gave you in uh, Chronicles and Samuel. Uh, Look into these uh, locust scriptures in Revelations 9 and uh, just see the difference of the, of the two wars uh, in heaven and how that we uh, are now pushing toward this second war, which is going to last a long time. And there's going to be armies in heaven uh, and, and uh, there's, going to be, there's going to be war because uh, what Jesus did is he, he, uh, he took his uh, uh, angels back, uh, he's taken his people back uh, to the first estate, uh, of which the Bible tells us in Jude, uh, and let me read it to you, uh, it talks about uh, the angels uh, that uh, left the first estate. 
and uh, it is very, very interesting uh, how that uh, this revelation is uh, is is given uh, so that we can understand because these angels left their first estate. Uh, that is why uh, that that this the father's house was vacated and was made a wilderness. And uh, it, it makes a person to understand that, uh, that uh, uh, now Jesus is restoring that, that wilderness. That first estate is uh, the Father's house, and it's been redeemed. And so when we read in Jude uh, verse 6, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, He's reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. Those everlasting chains are the molecular chains of the bodies that, that humans live in. And they're waiting for the judgment day to either be bound or freed, to either be condemned or, or, or uh, enter salvation. And, uh, uh, but one of the things that Jesus is doing is restoring the first estate, which it was the Father's house. And that's why there has to be work done there. Jesus had to go and prepare a place because it was left as a wilderness when the Bible says the tail of Satan, the tail of the dragon, uh, drew one-third of the stars, all the ophanims, drew them and cast them to the earth. Now we see where this revelation of the Little Dipper, Big Dipper, uh, Urgia, Major Urgia Minor begins to come in. Uh, we see the connection, uh, the creation connection of the a polar star uh, that once was under the authority of Lucifer and was rep represented in Draconius, the polar star at the time. Later was changed to uh, Polaris, uh, polar star uh, and that is in uh, the Little Dipper, uh, Urgia Minor. Uh, it, 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 it's such an incredible revelation that it, it can almost make the mind spin. But but if you can uh, if you can come out from underneath uh, the old uh, doctrines that have been uh, forced down people's throats, so to speak, and and uh, and uh, people have been held back from uh, you know having the uh, opportunities that they need to believe. They've been held back from, uh, you know, uh, being able to to understand what it's talking about. Just like Jesus said, you know, you don't really know the Bible. Uh, you know, you, you don't understand what it means. Uh, you know, Psalms 110.1, the Lord said to my Lord, you know, sit here till I make thy enemies thy footstool. This was talking directly about the Father's house about this estate that was abandoned by the Ophanims and that was made a wilderness, just like the earth was made a wilderness, uh, by the forces of, of, uh, of Satan. And, uh, and uh, when it said, the Lord said to my Lord, it's talking about the Father, the Lord, said to the Son, the Lord. And that's all it's talking about. It's just very, very simple. And that's all. It's all about this story. It's all about this, this, this revelation uh, that that uh, is so so very important. It's all about the other sheep 
It's about the other tribe. It's about the the uh, revelation of Melchizedek. Uh, it, it, it's it's just totally, absolutely exciting, and uh, I, I would think that everyone would want to hear and would want to know these truths because they are absolutely wonderful. And this Valley of Vision, which is the revelation of Salem uh, and, and Jerusalem, uh, is 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 timely to come out for people to know what is really going on, what the real truth truth of the matter is about, and what is really in the making. And uh, so we're we're uh, we're understanding about the wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And you have to understand that ever and forever doesn't mean eternal. does not mean that. You need to look your concordance up, and you'll discover that it just means uh, such a long period of time that uh, it, uh, it cannot be uh, comprehended. And that, that's, that's, that's what it means. It's, it's described in the Bible as the vanishing point. The vanishing point. And that vanishing point is what means forever. And, and uh, it's not any different than that. Uh, it's uh, totally Im- important to understand that. And in Second Peter 2.4, when it talks about God sparing not the angels that sin, but cast them to hell, uh, if you just think about the love of God and about God, you would know that... Uh, the angels that committed falling, were, uh, uh, and just because they sinned, uh, they wouldn't have been cast into the kind of hell that people are describing that exists. Uh, but the real word is a Greek word, and means tartaru, and it means incarcer- incarceration, uh, as in cords or bands or chains. And it's talking about uh, the angel of man being bound in the physical uh, human body uh, uh, in the chains of the darkness of matter. And that, that is what that revelation is about. But God encourages us as angels uh, of who we are. Uh, Psalms 103.20 uh, Bless the Lord, you his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments. Hearken unto the voices of the Lord. Uh, Psalms 82.6-8 I have said you are gods, all of you are children of the Most High. Um, and Jesus, of course, in, in John 10:34 through 35, uh, 35 uh, I said, "You are gods," which means angels. Uh, and uh, it says, "Unto whom the word of God is it came, and the Scripture cannot be broken." So uh, these things are are absolutely important. It's important for us to understand how that the seraphim are represented as um, uh, the, the, the fiery flying, uh, uh, you know, uh, seraph, and uh, that they, uh, they represent the six-winged angels, <coughs> which is just a, a symbol, of course. And uh, then there, there are the, the uh, uh, you know, other uh, revelations that have to do uh, with the cherubim, who are the four-winged uh, angels, and uh, and uh, the Bible speaks of them in Revelations 10, 19 through 21. Everyone had four uh, wings. And uh, as uh, to the uh, 
the uh, seraphim. Uh, uh, it it uh, can easily be found uh, where it speaks of them as uh, you know uh, of, of having the uh, the six wings. Uh, you might uh, you know look up. Uh, I think it's Isaiah six uh, one through four. And uh, then there's the angel with the two wings, which are the ophanims. So uh, uh, these are all some symbolisms uh, that have to do with the the great and wonderful uh, revelations that are being revealed. And uh, Daniel 12:1 that speaks of Michael, the archangel, standing up for the for God's people uh, in the end of time. So. Uh, uh, and just as Revelations 12, 10, 7 through 10 depicts Michael warring against the dragon in heaven, uh, this war is going to pick up and accelerate. <coughs> it's going to go on for a long, long, long time. Now, there's much more to talk about. And I suppose in one way, we, we can't really finish <coughs> this revelation of the angels in this short of time because there's so much more for me to say and I don't want to run out of, out of uh, talking voice. But I know we still haven't covered Abraham's bosom as described in Luke 16:22 through 31. We haven't described the meaning of Paul to third paradise as described in 2 Corinthians 12:4, the baptism of the dead, 1 Corinthians 15:29, the sleep uh the resurrection body that Paul described in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 35 uh, through 45. Uh, we need to talk more on phototransition, phototranslation, dimensions. Uh, we need to talk more about uh, entertaining angels unaware, uh, good angels, bad angels, fallen angels. Uh, we need to talk about you know, uh, cloned uh, uh, creations uh, uh, by uh, Satan. Uh, we need to talk about the dead in Christ, the general dead, the dead in Abraham's bosom, uh, the memory uh, after a person's uh, decease, uh, the watchers. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, we need uh, to talk about so many things, uh, the messengers and the counter-messengers. In Psalm 78:25, man did eat angels' food, and uh, all of those incredible, exciting scriptures that uh, that are just are just wonderful to hear about. And we should talk more about the angel of the presence because uh, there's so much to say about that. Uh, there's so much to talk about uh, when, uh, even though we've talked about it, but how that. Uh, a person can be youthified by these angels, uh, even at a hundred years old, can be uh, youthified enough to be able to start having children again, like it did with with uh, with uh, uh, Abraham and Sarah, and uh, the uh, you know oracles of angels, prophecies of angels, divine unctions that angels are involved in, uh, the power of an angel to change. Uh, the name of a person that has long-term meaning. Um, how that even when Jesus came to earth, as I said before, uh, he was accompanied by angels, 
the Garden of Eden closed was closed by angels, and there are different kinds of angels. I mentioned three kinds, but that's not all of them. Uh, and uh, they can take on physical bodies or spirit bodies. Uh, wow, uh, we're 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 not even beginning to cover all the things that that there are. But I want to. Uh, you can just bear with me. We're, we're getting to the end of this before I get into my Gentile revelation. Uh, I want to to uh, uh, get into this uh, really, really interesting part that you will not want to miss. I want to read just a few things. Uh, this is from the uh, uh, manifest that, that most of you people do not have, and you don't have access to it. Uh, only a few people have. Uh, hopefully this is going to be made available here before too long. Uh, the Holy Laws of the Universal Covenant, number 322, you shall not replicate your image beyond the number of transitions you are capable uh, of, capable by retraction to recall of each image. For the lingering of even one image can divide the aura soul signal. And then the... Uh, law 19 from the Holy Mandamus of, of the Creation Law, number 19. Angels, beware when you phototranslate into the lower accelerations, uh, lest you linger too long and then lose your power to spin free. For then you shall be stripped of your memory until you are a mere brute creature of the world. And uh, then there's the revelation of co-woonings and... Uh, and uh, many, many other things that is coming up the road in the way of incredible revelations um, that uh, that uh, you people will not want to miss. Uh, read a couple of little scriptures here. For we know if the hindrances of our carnal reasoning were set aside, we have an inner sanctum of spiritual consciousness, unborn of earth, but manifest of eternal nature. Second uh, Corinthians 5.1 MIV. Just a little idea of the wonderful uh, revelations in, in uh, MIV uh, word that are just uh, just waiting uh, for, for us to be able to release once we can uh, get the Peace Bible out and to people. Uh, it's, it's just uh, it's going to be uh, going to be really really wonderful. Okay, um, now. I want to uh, I, I want to uh, talk about a scripture in Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel, uh, let me, I, I should read it. Uh, turn with me to Ezekiel eight, and this is um, sort of on the last page of things. Uh, I made notes here so I could sort of have references to scripture, um, but most all the information is just uh, deeply burrowed into my brain. Uh, <clears throat> but in the uh, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter eight, let me read that. This is a very interesting, unusual scripture, and I want to use it to support uh, some addition gnosis in Gentile uh, as just one of the scriptures. So in, in uh, chapter eight, one through three, and it came to pass in the sixth year of the sixth month. In the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, 
and the elders of Jerusalem set before me that the hand of the Lord God fell upon me. Now he's in this house and they're having a meeting, and he's uh, he's with uh, the elders of Judah of Judah who are are uh, sitting before him. I get the feeling that these elders are almost like disciples to him, and and he is sitting up front and they are sitting out facing him, uh, and he's teaching them as this happens. Uh, something occurs, and I believe it wasn't just Ezekiel, but I believe uh, all of these persons were uh, were taken up, and uh, it describes it. Uh, it says, uh, "I beheld the Lord likeness as the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his loins even downward, fire from the loins even upward, the appearance of brightness as the color of amber." And he put forth the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my head. And the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven and brought me to the visions of God to Jerusalem to the door of the inner gate. Now, this was a spiritual uh, transportation. And I think that it also included these others because I think that the, the lock of hair, which represents uh, a group, uh, was evidence there uh, of of those elders also being taken with him, and they were taken into this state of vision, uh, but it was actually a transport um, in, in of their spirits, in which uh, uh, they they were able to be taken and uh, actually become cognizant of things happening in Jerusalem. Uh, so that is a scripture I'd sort of like to use as one. That's all I'm going to use tonight, though, because of, of the time, uh, to explain uh, uh, what my my plan is, and, and to the, my knowledge, um, uh, this has never been done in our time uh, in this nature. But what I want to do is I want to bring people. Uh, that are my listeners and that are interested in this, I want to, by subaddition gnosis, put the people um, spirit in this state of suspension uh, in which they are in a slumber, and uh, I want to take them on a trip into their memory uh, because we, in uh, John 14, I quote you where Jesus said, Where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Jesus knew that they knew by the Spirit. You also know these things that I have been preaching by the Spirit. You would know, and I'm talking about your spirit, the angel of your presence, would know how true these things are. So I want to take you on this on this space journey. Uh, I want to uh, basically head past uh, Thurban, uh, which is... Uh, Dragonus, the prior pole star. Uh, there will be a, all kinds of meetings and all kinds of things we will do prior to that, uh, which will include traveling through the galaxy's black hole at 100 times the speed of light. Um, but I want to uh, take you um, to, the, uh, uh, to, to the uh, Alpha uh, uh, a minor of, of Urza, uh, Urza Minor, and I want to uh, to head for uh, the general area of Polaris. 
Not that Polaris is Artura, it, it, uh, but I want to uh, do that. And in doing that, I will be mentioning, uh, you know, the the uh, which ascension it is, uh, which declination it is, uh, what the magnitude degrees are, uh, the parallax, uh, <clears throat> and uh, the various uh, magnitudes as as we go toward the constellation Ursa Minor. So uh, it's going to be an exciting thing, and I won't even begin to tell you here tonight of all the things that. Uh, your mind will be awakened to and what you'll be able to see, but you should be able to observe the uh, the offspring of, of Enoch on this uh, reinstated uh, 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 former estate that uh, Lucifer talked the angels into leaving, and then he left it as a wilderness when his tail drew one-third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. I want to take you there uh, in your subaddition gnosis, and then uh, open your memory so that for the first time in your life you'll begin to remember these things. We're not doing it tonight, uh, <clears throat> but I'm planning on doing this uh, probably on New Year's Day, and I'm telling you ahead of time uh, what we are planning to do, and it is going to be absolutely sensational. Now, I'm not going to tell you the time that it's going to be. Uh, and so you will not be able to know really when we're coming on uh, unless you are willing to uh, to uh, uh, to uh, write me on the email. Uh, my email is lee.jerry.o at gmail.com. Lee, L-E-E, dot Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, dot O, at gmail.com and you write me there and tell me that you are interested. There's no charge for this. You're not going to be badgered for money. Uh, but I want to know, um, I, I want you to write an email uh, because we need to do, uh, to, I need to email you and, and give you some information so you can have uh, the proper preparation of, of knowledge and state of mind uh, for this sub-edition gnosis. I will also have a live audience at the time uh, that I am going to um, when I perform this. So I'll be both on the air and I'll be in front of a live audience and I'll be doing the sub-edition gnosis on the live audience and then also on the people on the air. And this will uh, be quite a trip. You would, you would not even begin to imagine it. I'll tell you more, uh, Lord willing, uh, next uh, uh, meeting uh, that we have on the air with this live broadcast. So that's sort of going to be my gentile that I'm using today, is this revelation. And I'm going to uh, bring this uh, uh, teaching to a close. Uh, and I'm sorry that... Uh, <clears throat> My allergy sort of got a little bit of a way on me, and uh, I'm not, um, you know, talking as clearly as I could and should. But God bless all of you for listening in, and uh, if you have questions, please get on, uh, please send me something on, on the email. Uh, you can also get onto the blog and, and, and explain if you're enjoying these teachings. Uh, it would be nice to have people that, that 
would make comments like that. It'd be very, very uh, encouraging to a lot of the listeners. And uh, it would be nice if, uh, if you want to be part of this, you need to let me know ahead of time. Uh, it, it will be, you'll have never had an experience like this ever before in your life. It will be absolutely sensational. May God bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine on you and go before you. We love you. And we just want you to be happy and have peace. And all these things we do in the name of Jesus. Good night. Kitties, this is Alice Cooper, and you're watching You Broadcast, and you better watch.